0: Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060 with pioneer field agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's January 6, 2021, and this is episode 54. Uh, Allie, we're back here for the first show of the year after a little bit of a break here through the holidays. Um, you know, beautiful weather here still, uh, but, um, you know, kind of shifting gears. Nice to wrap up the year and uh, get 2020 behind us, and so now we get to look forward to, to really preparing for the the 2021 crop. And to kind of kick off the year here, Allie, it, um, it just feels a lot different, even if you think of a year ago now, or even through uh, the early part of the growing season last year. Um, you know, commodity prices have changed a lot. Uh, the outlook looks a little bit different. And uh, I think overall, the approach to this crop is going to look a, a little bit different than it did a year ago.
1: Yeah, and it does feel like kind of a key factor to that is just, you know, you talked about the beautiful weather we've been given here, and that's obviously a huge factor. You look at this fall and the amount of work that we were actually able to get done this year compared to the last several years um, is going to be huge as we move into 2021. You know, in years past, it seemed like we've just had all these compounding factors working against us, but now having room uh, to work through some of those, like I said, as we move into 2021, I think that's really going to be one of the key factors that allows us kind of like you pointed out to really look at maybe how can we maximize yield versus in the past we maybe had some other things we needed to focus on before we could get to the point of truly reaching that potential. Any any kind of thoughts on that thought process?
0: Yeah, I think as as we've sat down with the growers, you know, maybe the last two seasons uh, we've really had to sharpen the pencil and uh, and really take a look at you know where have we been spending input dollars and and are there opportunities to to be a little more efficient with those dollars. You know, I think back to, you know, maybe the the previous really big run in the the commodity markets. We we weren't really afraid to kind of throw everything at a crop, and then we had to kind of take a take a step back and really look at, okay, you know, what's giving us good return on investment? What what can we maybe save a little bit here? And and I don't think we're going to go back to just throwing the kitchen sink at it. I, I think we've learned some things through the through the past that that's maybe just not the the absolute right way to do it. Um, however, you know, I, I think. Um, you talked about last fall a little bit. If I look at um, you know fall fertilization, I think percentage wise, we got a lot more done than we have in the past. Uh, in most cases, as I worked with producers, um, we increased our rates of P and K, which I think is gonna be uh, rewarded uh, as we get into the 2021 crop. And you also pair that with um, so much more tillage done. The last couple of falls, we've been behind the eight ball on that, w- which can really uh, lead to challenges in the spring from getting uh, having to get tillage done, getting planning done on time, and also to some of the the yield drags we we fight with spring tillage and not having a residue breakdown where it needs to be. But um, yeah, we're set up so good, Allie, and and um, I think I growers and and I know I'm excited about uh, starting to plan out this crop and and really getting into some farm plans and and uh, getting hybrids placed and VRS stuff figured out and and um, uh, I think it'll be an interesting year. But it's just going to be. Um, you know a little bit different approach in, in a good way which I think will be a lot of bit of, a lot of fun and I'm uh, just kind of looking forward to, to to setting up the shows here and kind of going month by month and uh, um, going through the process of getting ready for this next crop.
1: Yeah, there's certainly going to be a lot to talk about. And I think, like you said, we're finally getting ahead of things, which I think is going to set us up nice for um, this 2021 growing season. I think not to be the pessimist here, but one factor that I think myself and other folks do have on their mind is just maybe where we sit from a moisture perspective. Obviously, we've got a lot of time to come before we get to that planning window to see if we can catch up on where we're sitting currently um, moisture-wise soil profile. But I think from a you maybe more positive perspective, you look at the amount of moisture we've had these past years rolling into the planning season, flushing out some of the, the nitrogen, and, and that certainly played a big effect. Maybe, maybe ultimately this will end up being a positive thing. I'm not sure. But I think if I look at the one gray area in my mind, uh, that might be one of those factors that I'm still Watching closely as is everyone, but unfortunately, that's something that's out of our control. Unlike the other things we've mentioned on the show today.
0: Yeah, it 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 has a feel that um, you know, and this can all change. But but um, you know, the the drier conditions this fall, and, and we're not we haven't had a significant amount of snowfall or precipitation. Um, I haven't looked at the month by month, but it's been very minimal um, really since October first of the, the moisture. And temperature wise, I was, um, you know, with the lack of snow, you know, we we talked a lot about corn rootworm. I was kind of hoping we could get a a major cold snap here in January that could maybe help that cause. Uh, At this point, um, we haven't even been below zero hardly at all this winter. So likely not making any progress. Still a long ways to go this winter that can change. But you know, looking at the 15 day, it looks to continue to be dry and I don't see any uh, major deep freezes there. And um, yeah, it just seems like Sometimes when you come into a, a fall dry like this and you stay this mild and if we do stay mild through January, um, you know, it seems like more times than not that can kind of lead to a, a drier spring. But that can all change in a heartbeat. Uh, we've seen that go both ways. But, yeah, I do agree that um, the soil moisture thing is, is is front and center. And I know some guys that were doing some, some digging or maybe digging foundations for bins this fall. Uh, wasn't a lot of moisture down there. So the subsoil moisture has been depleted um, following by uh, you know some record rainfall years, but it seems like the law of averages has kicked in and now we're kind of uh, going the other direction. But um, yeah, time will tell and um, not a lot we can do to prepare for that uh, at this point. Um, you know, maybe something we'll think about come spring, but it'll be something, something we're all thinking about as we get ready for this uh, next crop.
1: So these are some of the the things that we look at as we maybe approach 2021 that have worked in our favor as we move into segment two. We're just going to talk about some other factors that we think will be interesting to watch between now and planting season. Welcome back listeners. So in the first segment, Josh, we talked about, you know, all the things that are working in our favor as we move into 2021, really focusing on the fact that, you know, this should allow us a really nice opportunity to think about how we can maximize yield um, in 2021 during the growing season. Um, But as we think about segment two, I think, you know, there's always these things that we're maybe intrigued to to really keep an eye on as we, between now and the growing season. And, um, you know, you look at, there's been a lot of headlines often of, are we going to, farmers going to be planting more soybeans? You know, what are some of these crop rotations going to, going to be looking like, but I think, you know, overall, I can kind, of, kind of maybe stole your fire on what you're most intrigued about, but what are you most intrigued about as we maybe think about this 2021 crop?
0: Yeah. It's sitting here today. Um, I think even at the macro level, you know, uh, across the, the corn belt, uh, the corn uh, soybean shift is a conversation. And, and with the commodity prices, you know, really changing at a rapid rate is, you know, you know, beans are really getting up there, uh, looking pretty attractive. Corn is, is definitely creeping right up there with it. And I'm extremely curious about what that's going to look like and been getting a lot of questions about, you know, you know, as we we set up growers plans, you know, what, you know, should we be doing more corn, more beans? And and there's a lot of ways to look at that. In some cases, um, you know, we talked a little bit about it last year and, and even um, some of the last episodes we, we talked about where we're maybe seeing a little bit of shift uh, to, to more rotated acres to beans strictly to. To, for some pest management to control corn rootworm, however, um, some cases depending on where commodity prices go here, we, we could see some changes to that. And and one thing, Allie, I always like to look at as as I talk to producers is you know yeah we can we can look at our yield goals, we can look at the commodity prices and say hey this look looks better. But I always like to take it a sec back and look at okay what are what are the risks, what are the historics here? And um, you know one thing um, that, that's kind of fun to look at where we have a lot of replicated data from our plots alley is just looking at um you know maybe the you know the variability of crops and, and just for example I'm going to I'm going to start with corn here just to set this up if we look at um kind of let's just say we take 2020 which in our replicated trials averaged 241.8 the previous 3 years averaged 227 so we look at you know there's about a 9% swing there um, now on the flip side if we look at beans alley Uh, If we look at the previous three years to to 2020, so if we look at from 2017 to 2019, um, there was about a 15% swing. So we had an average of uh, 62 bushel the previous three years. Uh, This year we're 70.9, which you look at that yield, you look at the bean run, beans looked really attractive. However, as we look forward, um, just looking at risk management and volatility, our data would suggest there's still potentially a lot more volatility in a soybean crop compared to a corn crop.
1: And I just, like you said, there's a lot of different way that, ways that folks can look at this. And that's why I think it is intriguing to watch this as we move into any planning season, really, because, you know, you look at, we talked about the market in, incentives and how that can drive um, some folks' rotations. I think the pest management, like you said, is huge. Um, A lot of folks just in our conversations with customers, just having that sense of folks maybe going back to a 50-50 rotation just to hedge themselves a little bit more positively. But I think it's the volatility piece of a crop that as you outlined those numbers, it's just intriguing to look at, you know, from a consistency standpoint. And, you know, if we were to start placing bets, just that corn uh, leaning in that favor just a little bit more consistently. Um, As we look at between now and then, any other just one-off factors that you think are going to drive some of this?
0: um you know maybe a few things um I, I sometimes think about you know we talked in the previous segment about we're trending we're a little bit dry and I always think about this too um, if, if I think back historically if you just look at um, springs that dry out early and we hit the field early um, it was just really common that if things are going good we're planting in April um is the calendar still in April for wrapping up corn it's like hey I'm just going to plant another 100 acres of corn. It's so early, the weather's so good, we're going to keep going. And in some cases today, I almost think that that's not the case so much, where you look at, you know, we push planting beans so early. And, and I think one of the biggest ways to minimize that that 15% swing in that um, variability of soybean is planting date. So in some cases, um, you know, regardless of what the spring does, uh, as you set your plan, um, I'm going to really encourage guys to to just execute the plan, you know, and just try to get both crops in as as early as possible to try to minimize that risk. And the other thing, I just want to rewind and look at that data one other way. I, I talked about the the 15% swing of variability of beans. The the 9% in corn, just to put that in a bushel perspective on soybeans, the previous three years averaged um, almost nine bushel less than this year. So if you look at some current commodity prices, that's a $100 an acre swing. You know, that if we go back to the previous three-year average, you know, the gross income on beans could be $100 less. If we look in that at corn, if we went back to the previous three average, it's only a $60 per acre swing. So just one other way to, as you're looking at these things and setting numbers, um, 70 bushel beans look really attractive. 60 bushel beans might really change what that looks like a little bit, but it's just a few things as you're you're really trying to pencil that out and, and looking at historics, um, page four and five of our agronomy summary book and have you go back and maybe look at some hard data of what can these yield swings look like? You know, what can we expect from through that and, and I'm, I, I always like to look at minimizing risk and, and understanding the risk of each crop and um, just a, a really unique way to look at some of the data and, and try to make some decisions for next year. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 at KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie W I S E and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. We'll see you at 11 a.m.